Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. What's up, Cool Fam? Week number three of Cool Summer. How many of you been here for all three weeks? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Don't lie, don't lie. God's watching. Okay, listen, I'm telling you, if you have been missing it, go back and watch the previous messages, man. I've been watching them even though I'm away because I can't stay away all the way, man. I just, I love good communication and I love when people talk about Jesus and we have had a roller coaster so far. Pastor Chino from Georgia, Jimmy Rollins. Oh my goodness, what a word. But today you are in for a treat because this guest is actually not a guest at all. This next communicator is homegrown. Man, let me tell you, I, I don't have enough, I don't have enough time for all the good things that I wanna say about this next communicator. She has a heart for God. She is passionate. She has courage under fire. She has a relentless commitment to the gospel. And before day one of Cool Church, her passion and her drive to see Kingdom Built had been seen by me and Joe so long ago. And I was so thankful that day one, she decided to come on this journey with us, not really knowing uh, what this cool church thing was going to turn into. But the moment that we said we were launching out publicly, she said, Pastor, I'm going to be there. I got you. Whatever you need. I'm so excited today that that Yari gets to speak on this stage. And when I say Yari, everybody should be screaming because you know Yari. You know Yari very well because there would not be good next steps at Cool Church without Yari. There would be no discipleship class without Yari. Let me be honest, without Yari, I don't even know what I'm doing from week to week, okay? (laughs) She literally helps keep me and Pastor Joanne's lives together. If I had to say one thing about Yari, she's been glue. She has been the glue to this house and Honestly, I probably don't take enough time to honor her and give her the respect and 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 and, and shout outs that she deserves because man, I honestly don't know how we would go forward without her. Through the best of times, through the worst of times, she's always there. And the answer from her, anytime anything arises, is always the same. Pastor, I got you. I got you. I got you. That loyalty, man. It helps me understand. It helps me understand what it looks like to be committed to the cause of Christ. No matter what the circumstance is, Yari's always there. She always shows up. Good days, bad days, in between. She's always there. And man, not only is she always here, she's a pretty doggone good communicator as well. She loves the gospel. She knows the word. And today, if you lean in, your life will be blessed, not by somebody that just preaches the word, but by somebody that lives it out. So, because honor is our calling, get up on your feet right. 
Uh, all the three weeks, this better be the loudest right here. Come on, you better get up. You, every week I got to talk to you. Every week, you get up in the back right now and on the count of three, give her the loudest cheer. This better sound like the, the FXT American Airlines. I don't even know what they call it anymore. It better sound like the arena when they keep playing. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Let's go, y'all. Hey, come on, come on, come on. And I appreciate it, but let's make some noise for Jesus who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that deserves all of our honor, all of our praise, because he is good, because he is faithful. If you're in this place and you need to receive a word from God, let me hear you make some noise today. Amen, 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 amen. Full church, I'm trying to get my whole life together up here. Man, happy Sunday, cool church. How are you guys doing today? Praise God. I am so honored to be here with you all this morning. Um, but first, of course, I can't start without taking some time to honor our amazing leaders, Pastor Terrence, Pastor Joanne. Let's go ahead and let's get up on our feet. Let's honor our pastors. I know they're tuning in online. We love you guys. We honor you. It's been such a privilege to just see how intentional they have been with pouring out in this city for this church, for our families to build strong family. And so it's an honor, it's a privilege to serve alongside you guys. We miss you. I know you guys need some time to rest and refuel, but you know, hurry up and come back because it's, it's just not the same without y'all. <laughs> um, and so I am so happy to be here with you guys. My name is, my name is Yariana. But since we're family, you guys could call me Yadi. That works fine. <laughs> um, and I believe that God has a word for somebody here today. It's something that he has been ministering to my spirit for a little bit. And I want to take time today to talk about something that um, a lot of the times it doesn't seem real. It doesn't feel real. And it's something that actually Pastor Terrence started talking about a few weeks ago when we were doing our Holy Spirit um, series. And that is on the subject of warfare spiritual warfare and I don't think it's coincidental that for the last several weeks um, even some of, some of our guest pastors they have been mentioning it but today I want to take some time to really expand on it a little bit more because I believe that it is it's really important a lot of us don't even know about this a lot of us don't know that we're experiencing different things in life because we're in a war and so I believe that there is someone in this place or there are a few people in this place that are feeling defeated, tired, heavy burden. And you're probably ready to throw in the towel on this thing called faith. And you know, if I could be honest with you guys, man, following Jesus is hard. Like it is hard. Don't let nobody tell you it's not. It is hard. I know that as Christians, a lot of the times we we do a pretty decent job at trying to paint it like it's rainbows and it's butterflies. And you know, when you ask somebody how they're doing, it's like that, uh, I call it the uh, Christian knees, it kind of kicks in and they're like, I'm blessed and highly favored, right? Um, but if I could be real with you guys, on my journey with Jesus, I've had many times where I have not felt blessed and highly favored, right? Somebody in this place feel me, right? Um, and the reason being is that because no matter how much I serve, 
how much I love Jesus. It doesn't matter how many, uh, you know, my, I check off my little Christian to-do list, how many of those things I do. I will be tested. Living for him and being loyal is hard. You're going to go through tests. Life is gonna happen, right? You're gonna feel like you're fighting for your life. And I'm here to tell you that it's because you are fighting for your life. If you don't believe me, look at what the Bible says. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, as believers, we're always going to go through something. We're not exempt from going through tests and trials and dealing with life. And well, the reality is that the enemy has nothing else to do his job, his mission is to trick us out of our destiny, trick us out of our purpose, trick us out of the blessings that God has already set aside and ordained for us. But today I'm here to encourage somebody to not be shaken, to fight and stand firm in the faithfulness of God. You see, when I think about spiritual warfare and being tested, right, I can't help but to think about the story of Job. If you don't know the story of Job, he is someone that actually got attacked and went through a lot simply because he was seen upright in the eyes of God. Job 1, 6, 8 says, One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came, also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming around through the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on earth. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have you not put a hedge of protection around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. And if you continue to read the story of Job, you'll actually see that Job literally lost everything. He lost everything he owned. He lost his children. He lost family, friends. He dealt with health, infliction, and all of that was because he was considered. Job's righteousness is what led him to being attacked by Satan. And you know what? I don't know what you're experiencing in this place today, but I feel that there are some of you that are in what I would call your Job season, right? You feel like literally is one thing after the other. Your marriage is falling apart. The cancer has come back. The diagnosis is not looking like what you thought it was going to look like, like what you were praying for. And then you're telling yourself, but God, I've been faithful. But God, I've been committed. But God, I've been loyal. I want you to know that even though it does not feel like it, God is with you today. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. The enemy has tried it and he's going to continue to try it. And it may feel like he's winning the battle, but I want you to know that God, God has the final say. You already have the victory in Christ Jesus. You have already won the battle. 
You see, when believers are on fire for God, Satan will stop at nothing to throw them off of their destiny and for living for God. So the question today is, how do you fight? How do you stand, stand firm in the midst of the storms, the tests, the attacks, what may feel like persecution? How do you do this thing because it's tough? And I know that some of you may be dealing with discouragement and disillusion and the disappointment. But what do you do when you feel like you're being attacked? How do you stand and fight? Let us pray. Jesus, I just thank you, God. God, I thank you that you have never lost a battle, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, for every single person that is in this place, God. Under the sound of my voice, Father God, I thank you for the word that I believe you have given me for today, God. I pray that it would not return void, Lord God. I pray that I would decrease so that you can increase, Father God, that it would be you that speaks through me today, Lord God. And I just thank you for, for the person that's in this place that feels heavy, feels broken, but will leave empowered and refueled and refreshed, ready to stand firm and fight Jesus. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this place, Lord God. May we not leave the same because we've experienced revelation and because we've experienced your goodness, Father God. It is in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. 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 So if you are taking notes, the title of this message is called The Art of War. The Art of War. So how do you fight? Well, what we first must establish is that whether you realize it or not, we are in a war, okay? We are in a war. The reality is that whether you, you know it or not, everything that you go through, everything that you face in life, there's a spiritual component to it. Paul writes in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that when you can, so that you can take your stand against the enemy's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authority, against the power of, dark, of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on your full arm of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the word of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen? You see, I believe that many Christians end up quitting prematurely because, and being punked out of their destiny because for one, they don't know that they're in a fight and then for two, they don't know how to fight. You see, there is an art to this war 
And today I believe that there are three things that as believers, if we begin to implement these things, they will help us go through the battle. So you guys ready for that? All right, so the first is this, consistency. Consistency, what a word. That's actually become like one of my favorite words now. But man, listen, consistency is something that many of us struggle with. And you know, I say us because your girl is still trying to get her life together. You know, there are areas in my life that I am every single day proactively working on becoming consistent with, right? One of those being eating healthy and working out, right? Like, come on. <laughs> you know, if you, go, if you feel me, like, let me, you know, we know the new year starts, so it's like new year, new me. I'm about to go to the gym. We all go. We get the gym membership, right? We write down our goals. And a lot of the times, one of the top three goals usually consists of working out and eating healthy. You see, it's a struggle for us to build a consistent lifestyle change in our diet and our well-being. Like, I get it. The struggle is real. And so, because, of course, you know, new year, new me. <laughs> Let me stop. At the beginning of the year, I made a decision. I was like, you know what? This, I, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start working out. And, of course, as y'all may know, I've made this decision several times throughout my life. And then I would start, right? And then I would stop. But I said, this time, I'm going to start for real. So I decided to join kickboxing. Yes, I could throw hands. I mean, I'm from Miami, so, you know, but, like, I got technique now. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> so I decided to join kickboxing. And man, let me, get to, let me tell you guys. So the first day I went to the class, you know, first of all, I was just proud of myself that I actually got up and went. It was like January 1 or 2. So like I was for real. I started at the beginning, beginning of the year, right? Um, I thought I was going to die. Like I literally thought I was going to die. I'm not even being extra. I had not worked out in a really, really long time. Like I had COVID before that. My lungs felt like they were going to explode. I really thought I was going to die. <laughs> But after I got through that first workout, I realized that for one, well, I didn't die, right? And then for two, if I actually wanted to see results, if I actually wanted to experience something different, I was going to have to make a commitment to actually show up. I was going to have to keep coming, right? And the thing with consistency is that it's hard because it requires discipline, it requires discipline. It requires um, self-control. We have to create a new habit, a new routine, which means that despite of how you're feeling, you have to do what you committed to, right? So if you want to win the war, you must be consistent. You must learn to be disciplined. Let's look at what Paul says. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best material, and put them to use so that you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws at you. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to finish against the devil and his angels. Family, if the enemy, if the devil is consistent in attacking us and waging war against us, right? 
taking our joy, taking our purpose. Why are we not consistent in standing firm and fighting for what is rightfully ours? You see, the devil punks us out of our blessing many times simply because we just don't show up to the fight. Sometimes the difference between winning and losing is that the enemy shows up and we don't. But the Bible tells us don't get weary in doing good because in a due season you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Don't give up. Many of us pray when we feel like it. We go to church if it's convenient, if we have time, we serve if it's comfortable. Yet you're wondering why you're easily shaken when the devil throws something at you, when life begins to happen. There is no consistency. You are treating this like a weekend war. Yet this is a fight for your life. This is a fight for your destiny. This is a fight for your legacy. This is a fight for your children and for your children's children. Yet you're only fighting on Sundays. And then you go home, you get comfortable, right? And then you end up feeling discouraged and defeated when life begins to happen. And then you allow the enemy to run rampant over your life. And you cannot figure out what's happening. But you're not picking up the word of God. You're not praying every day. You're not pressing in. You're not on your face. The enemy knows that you're not on your post during the week. So he wrecks havoc on you. But what would happen if you take the energy that you come in here on Sundays with, if you take your Sunday praise into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, make this a daily thing. And you see, like, I get it. I get it. Life is hard. Life happens. But you know what else is hard? Dealing with generational curses that has you and your, and your family in bondage not understanding why you're dealing with alcoholism or why your, your dad or your mom is dealing with certain things or why your children are acting a certain way. Not walking in the fullness of God, what he has already made available to you. What about not experiencing the mountaintop because when you're getting tested in the valley, you get tired and you quit. And listen, I'm not judging you because that is me. So, well, that was me. And sometimes I have my moments, right? That still is me. I'm human. If I don't feel like it, I'm not doing it. And then I allow my emotions and my flesh to dictate how I operate, to dictate my level of consistency. It was dictating if I was going to show up or not. And you know what? The disciples did it too when they were with Jesus, right? Matthew 26, 40 to 43 says... Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you man keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We cannot let our flesh dictate if we're going to show up. Half of the battle is showing up. And you have to make a decision that your actions are not determined by how you feel. They're determined by your commitment. You see, if I stay in bed because I'm tired, because I'm comfortable, because I don't feel like it today, I will never get the results that I want and that I'm looking for in my fitness journey, right? Like for my fitness goals. 
And that applies the same in this spiritual walk. If I pray when I want to, if I read his word when I feel like it, if I serve when it's convenient, I will never develop what is needed to stand firm and fight for my faith. You see, I believe that God sent me here to tell somebody that I know you're tired. I know it has not been easy. I know you're busy getting the kids together to come to church is a hassle. Or maybe you are in this place and you have been praying and you have been serving and you have been uh, trusting God. The word of the Lord for you today is to keep going. Keep pushing because I promise you that the pain is not in vain, that there is going to be purpose that is birthed on the other side of that pain. What was meant for evil, God will use for good. God worked all things out for the, goals, for the good of those that love him and have been called according to his purpose. But you can't quit. Don't throw in the towel. He's not done with you yet. Family, I can tell you how many times I have not felt like praying. Yes, I know, right? Like, I'm human. There's been times where I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like being in my word, but I made a commitment. And then sometimes in those moments, I'll go and I'll be like, Lord, I'm really tired. I don't know what to say. Like, I have nothing. (laughs) Or if I'm disappointed, something didn't come out the way that I wanted to. Lord, I really don't have nothing to say. My heart is broken. I feel like you failed me right? But I made a commitment. And in the moment that I choose to press in and to force myself, I'm not, I'm not operating based off of an emotion. I'm operating based off of the decision that I made. All of a sudden, I begin to pray, right? And my prayer goes from like, Lord, I'm tired. I don't, I, you know, I really don't want to be doing this right now, but I'm trying to be faithful, right? So all of a sudden, it's like something shifts. And my prayer goes from that to me calling heaven down on earth, to me declaring and decreeing miracles of salvation freedom in the name of Jesus you have to press push and hold on and show up no matter what Hebrews 10 23 says let us hold unwaverly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful there is breakthrough in your consistency and I just believe that there's some, there, some of you are in this place and you're just literally a push away You're a push away from being on the other side of that thing, but you will not experience the fullness of the miracle if you quit. We have to make a decision as believers that no matter what it feels like, no matter what it's looking like, we will show up. Amen? Amen. Amen. So not only are we called to show up and be consistent, but we need strategy. That's my second point, strategy. What is strategy? A strategy is a plan of action or policy designed to achieve a major or overall aim. Another definition could be a plan for military operations and movements during a war or battle. Family, I have good news for you. You have not been thrown into a battle without everything that you need. You have not been thrown into a battle without technique, without a strategy, without tactics. God has called us, but he has also equipped us with everything that we need to overcome. That is what the art of war is all about. 
Jesus tells us in Luke 10, 19, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. You have all that you need to stand and fight. The question is, are you going to tap into it? Ephesians 6, 13 says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you could get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard, pray long. You see, to win this fight, your strength and your self-sufficiency is not going to cut it. It's not enough. This is a spiritual war. This is a spiritual things, thing. So it means that it requires spiritual weapons. And in this uh, scripture that I just read, we're first instructed by Paul to be prepared. Well, how do you prepare? Pastor Terrence spoke about it. He broke it down a few weeks ago. We put on the full armor of God. That is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. And then, so, and then once you're prepared and you're suited, then you can, you can begin to implement the plan of action. But a key part of this strategy, of this plan of action, a key part of this technique is to die to, die to yourself. Not lean into your own understanding. Because your own understanding will have you here thinking that you're crazy, will have you here doubting yourself, will have you here thinking that you could do this thing your way with your own strength, and you'll be operating in the natural when the strategy is to tap into the supernatural. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 4 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapon we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. How do you tap into that power that demolishes stronghold? The word of God in prayer. What I'm saying is that the strategy is fighting with the word of God through prayer. Ephesians 6, 18 says God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential on this ongoing warfare. Pray hard, pray long. You see, I told you guys that I joined um, kickboxing at the beginning of the year. And so, you know, at first, I was just really like, my thing, I was like, I need to just show up. And my main focus and my main goal was just to show up. But then, of course, I'm a little competitive, and I like to do things a certain way. So, you know, I'm showing up, and then I'm looking around me, and I'm seeing, like, oh, these people, like, they, like, they really know what they're doing, right? There's a certain way that they stand. There's a certain technique that they use. But I had to first show up and be consistent because that's how I was going to be able to learn the technique, right? So initially, you know, when I was showing up, y'all, like, 
you know, I'm, like I said, I used to fight like before Jesus, but then thank God he made me new. So it was just like all over the place, right? But I started to learn technique and at first it would be like, I would stand still in one place and it would just kind of be like a jab cross, right? So it was like, I was just doing this thing and then here and there eventually I was able to learn like how to throw a hook. But I was standing in one place and I'm like, yo, like they're so fast and they're like moving all over the bag. But as I started to show up, and then as I started to learn technique, right, then I started to add like a little bounce to my jab cross, right? And then I would like throw my punches and then I could duck, right? It provided a sense of protection for me. I was learning techniques that were gonna allow me to protect myself better. And that's what prayer does. Prayer provides protection. Because when the enemy is coming at you, you could go into prayer and you could start declaring and decreeing that Satan is under your feet, that you're not easily moved, that what was meant for bad, God will use for your good, that you will not look to the right or to the left, but that you will keep your eyes on the Lord, that even though you walk through the, through the valley, the shadows of death, you will fear no evil because he is your rod, he is your staff, he comforts you. Surely goodness will follow you all the days of your life. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Any tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned. You fight with the word of God in prayer. You see, it is my responsibility as a child of God who has been given access, because we have been given access as his children, to exercise my delegated authority in prayer against Satan and the power of darkness. I love what English poet and hymn writer William Cowper says, restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer makes the Christian's armors bright. And Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. So what I'm saying is that you may be feeling like you don't have no strength, you may be feeling like you're weak and you're tired. Your prayers count. They work. You may have just been saved five minutes ago, five seconds ago, 50 years ago. It counts. It counts. And at first, it may feel a little bit weird, right? It may take some getting used to. You may feel like you don't know what you're doing. That's how I felt when I first started to show up and, and started to learn a little bit more about kickboxing. It was a little bit weird. I felt a little embarrassed. I didn't know what I was doing, but that's okay. Because if you press in, you show up, you stay committed, and you stick to the basics, you implement the techniques, you will find yourself waging war against the enemy. That is how you counterattack the attack. So I remember, I mean, clearly the Lord just be speaking to me while I'm kickboxing. I don't know what to tell you guys. But <laughs> um, a few months ago while I was in class, you know, I was doing my thing. I was in my zone. And... Um, as some of you may know, I lost my mom about seven months ago. And so as I'm like doing my thing, all of a sudden, like literally out of nowhere, because it's, that's just how the enemy does his thing. Um, it's like it just dawned on me like, oh, today marks three months that my mom has been gone. And all of a sudden, I felt like this heaviness. I felt like this sorrow come over me. All these different thoughts starting coming through my mind, right? Like, oh my God, am I gonna like, I forgot that today marked three months, right? Like, am I gonna forget my mom? Or, or like just everything, like God didn't come through, come through for me the way that he, he planned to, right? Like the way that I was believing for him to, right? The enemy likes to attack us through our mind. He wants to throw us off and of course, 
I'm like working out, I'm in my zone, and all of a sudden, like I'm thrown off off of my game. I'm no longer like punching and doing what I was doing, right? I'm not in my zone anymore. My, my strategy got thrown off. And I had a moment and I just stopped what I was doing and I was like, you know what, like I'm going home. <laughs> like I'm not feeling this, I'm not doing this. And then I felt the Lord say, no, you showed up, fight. Stop and fight. You know how to fight. Fight. Right? So when the enemy comes and starts telling you a lie, that's what I had to do. I was like, okay, this punching bag about to be the devil, and I'm about to fight. So when he tells me a lie, then I start declaring the truth. So today when the enemy comes and lies to you and says, you're not strong enough, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When, when the enemy tells you, you'll always be depressed, you'll always deal with anxiety, you can let him know that God is a healer, that he gives perfect peace to those that trust him. When the enemy comes and tells you, you're always going to be broke, you're always going to be in the same place, you're going to be dealing with this forever, you can let him know that he who promised is faithful, that he, plan he has plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. You're not good enough. You can let him know that you were called by name, that he formed you in your mother's womb, that you are more than enough through Christ Jesus. That is how you counterattack the attack. When he tells you a lie, you declare the truth. Because prayer changes things. Prayer shifts things. And if it doesn't shift and it doesn't stop the storm that you're in, I promise you that it will shift how you stand in the middle of the storm. Because something happens when we pray. When you start declaring, you start de decreeing, renouncing, rebuking, in the, name of, in the name of Jesus, the enemy has to flee. And you know what? The strategy of prayer may not always give you the answer that you are looking for. But when you fight in prayer, you grow in spiritual maturity because you grow in intimacy with Jesus. You start to abide in him. You start to learn and then you accept the truth that he is sovereign. He is all-knowing. That you can trust him and the love that he has for you even when you can't understand his actions and what he is doing. That is why it's so important that we feed our faith with the word of God so that there is no room for fear and so that we may, so that we may know the power that is made available to us. And then we can begin to tap into that power, tap into the authority in prayer. Because the more that you know him, the more grounded and unshaken you'll be. And then the less likely you will be when, you know, when life starts happening, the less likely you will be to get overwhelmed. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to get attacked. As we read, and if you continue to read through the story of Job, you will get attacked. But then you'll be grounded and equipped with his word so that you'll understand that the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is, the, is death. It's the same power that lives in you. You can stand firm and you could tell the enemy, even though I have, made, I, I have been considered 
it's because I'm faithful and I know that God is faithful and he's my solid foundation. And then you can let him know that no, he cannot have your hope. Nope, he cannot have your joy. Nope, he cannot have your peace. He can't have your mind. He can't have your sanity. He can't have your children. He can't have your family. He can't have your salvation because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen. And so this brings me to my last point, endurance. You see, the thing about endurance in this spiritual fight is that you could only endure when you know God. That is why having consistency and implementing strategies like fighting and prayer with the word of God matters. Right? You have to know him so that you're able to endure. This is what allows you to access and to tap into that power of God that's already within you and to be able to stand. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, it says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong. He wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you made well weapons of best materials and put them to use so that you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to finish against the devil and his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you could get, every weapon God has issued you, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. You'll still be on your feet. You see, once you have consistency, once you have strategy, you are able to endure differently. What is endurance? The fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving away. It demands stamina. Stamina is the ability to sustain prolonged physical or mental effort. And some synonyms for the word endurance could look like steadfastness, resistance, energy, strength, tenacity, determination, perseverance. You see, my level of endurance is not the same as it was when I first started kickboxing, right? At first, I had not worked out in a long time, so I would get tired easily. I don't get as tired as easy. And then when it gets harder, I go harder. You see, endurance allows me to last longer, to handle more. A person who endures is a person who perseveres. That means that despite of how tough, how difficult something is, you push through. Some of us have not experienced that promise because you have not pushed through and built enough stamina to endure and stand in the fight. Many times we're willing to compromise on our faith on what God has asked us to do because it's gotten harder, because we're being tested, because we're not seeing the promise come to pass, when in reality the fulfillment of that promise is on the other side of your ability to endure. Hebrews 10.36 says, for you have need of patient endurance. That means to build up under difficult circumstances without compromising. So that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what God has promised. 
God will use what was meant for bad for his good, but you can't experience the good if you quit through the bad. You can stand and not be shaken because you know that you're not standing on your own. You stand on a firm foundation on something that is constant and that is Jesus. As a believer, you can endure because you know that through Christ Jesus, you have victory. You can endure because you know that he who started a good work in you will complete it. He will finish it. You can endure in faith because you know that he who promised is faithful. It's not in vain. Nothing is wasted with Jesus. James 1.12 says, if your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience, experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. You see, one thing um, that I learned in my, faith, in my fitness journey, right, is that every minute counts. Listen, especially those last ones when you know you're about to be done, but it's just hard, right? Those final minute counts, and it's because it requires a different level of determination, a different level of focus, a different level of fortitude. But man, when I push through and I finish my workout, right, I feel good, I feel stronger, because that's what endurance does. It makes me stronger. Growth begins to take place. You see, when I first started kickboxing, the gloves that I was using then are not the same ones that I'm using now. The ones that I use now are heavier. That's because I could handle more, I could carry more. And that's what endurance and perseverance does for us as believers. It makes us stronger, it makes us unmovable, not easily shaken. As you endure, you learn to remain steadfast and faithful in the storms. Maturity is being developed. Refinement is taking place. You will not be the same, but you have to endure. James 1, 2, 4 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, I believe that many of us have found ourselves frustrated and discouraged by something God is wanting to use to bring us closer to him. God uses all things, but you have to press on, you have to push through and hold on to the truth that he is not finished with you yet. First Corinthians 15, 28 says, therefore my brothers and sisters stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You see today, my, my message is simple. My message is to stand firm and fight the good fight of faith. God is with you. He has not left you. You're not fighting on your own strength. You're not called to endure on your own strength. It's impossible. You can't. And I want you to know that he sees you today.
He is with you. And I know that it feels like you may be surrounded and there's different things coming at you from different angles. And I know that it's hard to carry, but you don't have to carry it, on, carry it on your own. You see, God has given you everything that you need. Trust him, lean not to your own understanding. God is fighting with you and he is fighting for you. He is your vindicator, he is your shield, he is your protection. When I was praying um, and writing this message, I just felt like this has just been super heavy on my spirit. And listen, y'all, like I'm not here telling you like stand firm and fight from like, oh, I've already like overcome it. I'm standing firm. I'm trying to fight. Okay, this is from a real place. And so as I was praying um, and I was just asking the Lord to speak to me, I felt that the Lord gave me a promise for some of you here today. Actually, he gave me a promise for, for whoever would receive the promise. God's promise to you is, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, he, I'm sorry, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ramson, Cush and Sheba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid for I am with you. That is the promise that God gave me for, for those that are here today, for those that feel like you've been surrounded by life, for those that are feeling defeated and discouraged and you're just wanting to like quit on this thing because it's too much. It's not what, you know, what it was made out to be, right? And you know, I believe that there's some of you that are in this place and you may be going through something and you just can't figure it out. You're like, yo, God, what did I do? You didn't do anything. You've just been considered. And man, what, like, what an honor it is for us to be considered because of our faithfulness. That God would consider us worthy opponents. And then there's some other, there are other of you that are carrying this heavy burden that the Lord has opened up your eyes to different things that are happening around you, that are happening within your family. And, and you have been called to be the one to be the light at home, to be the one to do something different in your family. And it's heavy, I get it. But I'm here to tell you that you have been appointed and called to be the one to break the generational curses in your bloodline. Stand firm and fight. He is with you. 
you have all that you need, but today you need to declare that it ends with you, that you will not be shaken, that you will not be moved because you know that he is fighting for you. He is fighting for you. And then there's some of you that are in this place and you're like, Yadi, I hear you, but like, how is he fighting for me? I don't know him. Maybe you don't know him, you know? Maybe you've been running away from God and maybe you are going through things because um, of sin. You've opened up doors to things, you know? There's decisions and choices that you've made and now you're reaping the consequences of it. You haven't submitted to your life or maybe you did at some point and then you, you started to stray away. I want you to know that you are hopeless, but in him you have power. There is hope for you too. Colossians 1, 13, 14 says, for he has rescued us from dominion of power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and forgiveness for our sins. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, you see, at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rare will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to know that whether you've been doing this thing for a long time or you've never said yes to Jesus, there is redemption. There is a power that is made available to you and it's through Christ Jesus. And the beautiful thing is that it's a gift. There's nothing we could ever do to deserve it. Ephesians 2 a says, for it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. It is a decision that you make in your heart. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so today, I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. I just wanna extend an invitation to those that, may not know Jesus or probably did at some point and now you find yourself a far away. You've been going through some hardships. Um, you don't understand what's happening and now you've come to have this realization that this is a spiritual thing. You need Jesus. Without him, you are powerless. I wanna stand in, in an invitation to you this is your opportunity. If you want to receive Jesus, I'm not promising you that it's gonna be easy, that you won't get tested, that you won't experience loss and heartache and health situations, moments of sorrow and grief, but I am promising you that you will be able to tap into an authority, into a power that is made available through Christ Jesus. He will give you everything that you need in this fight. You will lack nothing. He is with you. 
He is with you. So in this place, I'm gonna count to three. If you said that is me, I am tired of doing this thing on my own. I need Jesus. I wanna be able to stand firm and fight, to not get, get thrown away, to not get shaken when things begin to happen. I wanna be able to tap into that power and that authority that God so gracious, graciously offers me. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, if you're ready to receive Jesus and make him the Lord and savior of your life. Two, if you're ready to submit your life and say, God, I, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do it anymore. I've been doing it on my own. It's just not working. Three, put your hands up if you wanna receive Jesus in this place. If you're saying that God I'm ready for more. I need more. I know that there is more. I need you. You are the more. Put your hands up in this place if you want to receive Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, with everyone on your feet, everybody get up, stand up, stand up. For those that have made a decision, and I just feel it heavy in my spirit to pray for those that have been going through your Job season. Life has been tough. You've been trying to stand firm. You've been faithful. You've been committed. But you couldn't understand what's happening and you're tired. You're feeling defeated. You're feeling heavy burden. I want you to come up to this altar. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If that is you, if you are tired and you want to tap into that authority that God has given you, I need you to come meet me at this altar. If you feel like you can't carry this burden anymore on your own, if you feel like you're at your wit's end, I want you to come and meet me at this altar because there is strength that is made available to you. There is power that is made available to you. There is more. There is more. If you're tired of the enemy running rampant all over your life, you feeling defeated, you feeling like you can't do it anymore, the enemy just keeps on testing you and you just keep not showing up. I want you to meet me in this altar because I know it's hard. But what the Lord told me while I was sitting over there is that just because it didn't look like I wanted it to, it didn't mean that he did. He failed. Just because it's not looking like how I want it to, just because the miracle came in a different form, it does not mean that he failed. Lord God, I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for the strength and the protection, Lord God, that is found in you, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Jesus, for all that is offered through your son, through your blood, Heavenly Father. And I pray for everyone and anyone in this place, Jesus, that feels defeated, that is feeling discouraged, that is wanting to throw in this towel on this thing called faith because they didn't realize it was gonna be all of this. They didn't realize that they were gonna have to deal with the loss. They didn't realize that they were gonna have to deal with the, with the marriage that isn't working out, Heavenly Father. I pray, Jesus, that you right now would just fill us up with your spirit, oh God that when the wind comes, that when the test comes, that when the attack 
times we would be able to tap into that spirit that rose Christ from the dead because you have already made it available to us, Father God, that we would stand firm and that we would fight. We would fight, we would press in, we would show up even if we don't feel like it, Lord God. Give us the ability to show up, God. Give us the determination to stay true to the commitment that we've made, God. Let our faith not be wavered and shaken. Let us hold on to the promises that you have given us, Lord God. Let us hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Lord is saying, I'm not finished with you yet. Hold on. If it's not okay, I'm not done yet. Hold on, press on, push through. You're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there. I want you to go ahead and just praise God in this moment. I'm gonna see a victory. For a battle Press in through praise. Press in through prayer. You've been wanting strength. This is how you press in. This is how you tap in. You praise instead of worrying. You worship instead of worrying. You press in even when you don't feel like it. This is not an emotion thing. This is a real thing. This is Jesus. This is his spirit that is in this place. So press in through return and that there was a tumor in her brain and she was going to have surgery I remember being in a service just like this at 10 a.m sitting in you know sitting by the pastors in the front during worship and of course in my human inclination like I started to freak out and worry and I had to make a decision. Was I gonna worry? Like, what was I gonna do, right? Like my mind is now racing a thousand miles per hour, but I had to choose to stand there and fight. That's the commitment that I made when I said yes to Jesus, when I said yes to trusting him. 
And well, some of you guys know how the story ends. My mom is not here, right? The miracle looked different. My prayer request didn't get answered the way that I was expecting for it to. But I was able to stand and fight. I'm still standing and fighting. My family is still standing and fighting. And so I believe that there are more of you that are being attacked, that are losing your mind. You want to know why you're dealing with depression, why you're dealing with anxiety? Are you praising? Are you praying? Are you pushing through? This is your opportunity to come and receive what God has for you. This is the moment that you can say, Lord, I choose to submit. Lord, I choose to surrender your will, not my will. I know what my heart desires are, but I'm going to lean in and I'm going to trust what you're telling me. So, if you're in this place, if you're in this place and one, you don't know Jesus, but two, you are fighting a battle. This is your opportunity to come up and receive. This is your opportunity to show up, right? We talked about being consistent, show up. That's just what I believe in my spirit. There's some more people. We're gonna go into praise. I'll let you guys do your thing. But this is your opportunity to show up, press in, get on your face and fight. Fight with the word of God. What to say, you say, Thank you, Jesus. I don't know why I'm thanking you, but I know that you're good. So, thank you, Jesus. I trust you, God. I don't feel like it, but I'm here, God. so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.